Welcome to the Focused People Podcast, where we explore the realities of leading teams and being human. On the line today, Tom McKay, Kyle Gower-Winter, and myself, Hilton Goodmans. The topic today, the power of the pause. And Kyle, I know you had some dramatic uh, revelations during the course of the week uh, from IT. I'm looking forward to hearing about them. I know you texted me and you said, ah, we've got to talk about certain topics as well and, and add other <laughs> frames on the, the topic. Trying to, trying to figure some some type of play on words with the men oh pause. <laughs> ah, men oh, so what ah, you that's did deep, there. Uh, that's deep. Men on pause, <laughs> tree frog edition. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about them. So, sorry. <laughs> Gentlemen, here we are, the three of us, uh, <laughs> just getting ready to talk about pausing. And yeah, absolutely wonderful to have you. Thank you for making the time. When we talk about the pause, it's about... For me, one of the first things that comes to mind is that we're running at such a pace and looking forward to the festive season. Uh, I'm so aware that things are different in the Middle East right now, where December is no big thing. It's just another month and January comes along and things proceed as usual. And, and there are other times in the year when it's a holy time or a special time that's put aside and in other parts of the world as well. But here in South Africa and across a lot of what might be termed the Western world, I think we get quite used to a Christmas acceleration of pace towards the end of the year that I'm certainly feeling in the business and folks kind of uh, wanting to just uh, rush in. And I think there's a natural kind of pause at this time. And yet many folks don't come back from holiday refreshed. And so I guess as part of this journey, part of it is what do we really need to do to pause and refresh in the normal work week, in our lives, and perhaps particularly as many of us look towards this end of the year pause. So that's my introduction to what we're talking about today. What's on your mind as we look at the power of the pause? Bill, I, I hadn't even stopped to think about the, the holiday season. Um, it, it certainly is not a pause for many of us. It, it's like the busy season. Right. Everything, like your to-do list, your mental to-do list just grows exponentially around the around this time. Yeah. If it's not shopping for presents or getting a Christmas tree or, or um, planning time off around work schedules because um, everyone else is taking time off, then you have to... Uh, slotted in with everyone else's and then it's stressful because you're getting back and all this work is piled up because the world hasn't stopped turning sure. uh, you've stepped away and now you have to catch up so uh, it definitely we're heading into a time when it's not necessarily a pause but i i have been reading a, a great book it was written about 40 years ago by neil postman amusing ourselves to death Ooh. and it, it was written around the era of the the real time when we move from a printed knowledge-centered society to a television-centric entertainment-centered society. We move from the newspaper to the news on TV. And you know, he was talking about the, the downfall and the pitfalls of amusing ourselves on television and how everything, yeah. the medium of television uh, became 
the driver of the news, not the news driving the television. It's more like, all right, what works well on this medium? What what will entertain people and keeps keep people's attention? And it was really a um, a cautionary tale of how we're the dumbing down of society because of television and amusement and that type of thing. Sure. And, and then that was forty years ago. I, I can't imagine what he would think now when <laughs> we're where everything is in bite size, 40 characters, 200 characters or whatnot. And TikTok, where we just watch video after video after video and all those types of things. Anyway, it was a very enlightening book. It just makes you think. And it made me realize that so much, uh, uh, we, we could think we're taking a pause, but for many people, a pause is binge watching a television show on Netflix or something. And what, even in the busiest time of the year at the holiday season, I would like to challenge people to just take a moment and turn off the devices. Even though you can't physically escape to the mountains or escape to the beach or something like that, we can help ourselves escape from the onslaught of entertainment slash information and, 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 and take a reprieve from it fast. If you want to, whatever you want to call it, just, take some time away from that stuff and see what it does for your mental health. That's so good, Kyla. You remind me that um, we talk about the gate that a person has, and I'm aware that I bought an activity tracker, otherwise known as a smartwatch kind of equivalent to get more active. And it's been so helpful to me to set goals and targets and feel like I'm achieving something each day. And it measures my gait as well. So it also checks, you know, what's your cadence when you're walking and when you're running and, you know, what sort of pace is normal for you and what's not. And so it rewards you if you're exercising a little bit more so than you usually do and you're giving yourself this extra workout, so to speak. And there's there's something about that where uh, people used to say, stop and smell the roses. And uh, we, we don't mean the war of the roses, but we mean stop and smell the things around and and even the roses today are cultivated roses where they have no fragrance (laughs) and so we've got to be aware of that too but that's a sidetrack i won't go down that rabbit hole the importance of just knowing the pace that we're running at and then being aware of it and pausing to actually say hang on a second is this where i want to be and i was reminded of that book halftime by bob buford where he talks about taking halftime pauses and it's so important to take a moment to consider how you've played the first half of your life or the first half of your year or the first half of your week and then consider how do you want to play the rest of it. And I think it's something of that that's so, so useful. Tom, what are you thinking as I introduce that topic? Well, I wouldn't mind turning it on its head a little, uh, on its head a little bit and looking at it from a different angle. Sure I've been listening to two uh, audiobooks at once, which happens. The one is uh, Atomic Habits, and the other one is uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a... Beep. We can't say those words in this podcast, but basically those two books are really interesting because one speaks about our habits and about how many subconscious triggers we have and often are run by them. And the other one talks about uh, the backwards principle, which is effectively that um, our desire to always want good things or positive things often brings us 
negativity. And when we sort of anticipate negative things or, or make peace with it, it often develops positivity. And while it seems counterintuitive, I thought those two work in a different way in terms of the pause. Sure. Because sometimes the thing that makes us feel the best is when we give ourselves a break. We give ourselves a literal or a physical, a real pause. We stop with the same habitual thinking yeah. or, right, I'm going to work so hard today. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to put out 15 reps at maximum weight and beat our bodies up. And then we go home and drink a protein shake. And we have an extra coffee and we work an extra hour and we check social media and we watch an extra bin series and we go to sleep and we wake up in the morning and we pump the coffee to get going and we get to work and we work a day and, and we get triggered by certain things. And we, so we're on a treadmill of life. And sometimes the pause is to give yourself a, a break in terms of your habits, like choosing to go for a run and just slow down a little. So instead of running that kilometer at five minutes a K, run it at five minutes 30. Or if you run it at five minutes 30, run it at six minutes today and look at the trees because you've got extra air now. You can actually get into a rhythm and it can become a sort of a meditative run where you you actually do smell the roses as you run. Run 30 seconds per kilometer slower. Take the ease off, run for your heart, not for some kind of power or some kind of speed or trying to beat um, yourself up. That's Those are two things that really come to, to mind. One is being able to give yourself a break, give your body a break, and the other one is to assess your habits because they run your life. And at some point, point, taking a break from those is what rejuvenates somebody. And a lot of us, that holiday on the beach, when you go to an island and your feet are in the sand, the thing that gives you the joy is not just the rest, but it's breaking the habits. And the challenge for us is to try and do that in small ways in our daily lives. Sure. Well, I, I like if I hear you right, what you're saying is surrendering the outcome in some ways is also a part of it where, you know, not giving up beep would be part of that where you're actually giving it up and saying, I actually am not going to spend time worrying about this thing, not going to spend time being concerned about what isn't helpful right now. And I was reminded of uh, one of my friends who's going through quite a difficult divorce. Quite a difficult is probably not a good way of saying it. It's really bad. And one of her challenges is with the kids. How do I respond when the kids are happy to be with my ex? Uh, do I respond with joy? Hey, well done, you're happy. Or am I actually needing to process my own emotion on it where I don't want them to be happy with them. I want them to not be happy there. I want them to want to come to me and I want them to not enjoy being there because actually I don't want them in my life. <laughs> and, and dealing with my own emotions in that sort of situation and processing it and, and saying, how much time am I spending on things that aren't consequential and actually I have no control over and yet I'm stressing about them and they make me, when I'm with my children, not be fully present, but they make me actually judge them and not want them to be having a good time perhaps. 
So it's quite fascinating how our minds work and the concern that we can add into our lives when we can rather just surrender that and let it go. And I was also reminded you used the word rest and you and I both play a musical instrument and a rest in music is something that's so important because it comes in between the flow of notes and it actually helps you to identify which note is being played. How long is that note based on the pause in between? And so there's something of that that's incredibly powerful as well in music. And so uh, hopefully we'll come back and talk about that. But certainly in projects, uh, Kyle, I know that you've overseen an incredible amount of projects and from an IT perspective, you're constantly working with agile teams and so on. I wondered if you could speak to the debriefing kind of nature of uh, my experience of projects is that people don't often debrief them to the point where we kind of do a project well and we move into the next one and we don't take time to reflect and to say what did we learn and to as Jim Collins would say do some autopsies without blame on our projects and all that stuff what's your be uh, what's been your experience on that it's incredibly helpful it minimizes the amount of rework we have to do it addresses problems and it and helps with the morale of the team the people doing it whether it's the developers the people doing the work or the customers receiving the work very good i've been a, a strong supporter of that ever since reading doing twice the work in half the time um the book on scrum and uh can talk to that uh, but I, I did want to leave a comment and, and say, based on what Tom was saying, uh, what he read, uh, the subtle art of not giving a crap and uh, what you were saying about, you know, letting go just um, of things we have no control of. I find that myself included, it's, it's easier said than done. It's very hard to just let go and, and say, you know, just you have no control of it. Just you need to be at peace with it it's far easier to redirect our attention. So even though the book, the book is titled that, uh, he did, Tom, you can fill in the blanks here because it's been a while, but- Beep, 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 beep. Um, oh, those are the blanks. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> not those blanks. Uh, fill in where I may be misremembering, but the atomic habit, the best way to change your habit is to, to redirect it and uh, put that you know, replace it with a different habit. That's one of the best ways to do it. So when you do, when you say I'm not just I'm just not going to give a crap anymore, um, it, it's better to sort of divert your attention and maybe turn your attention onto something that you you do have control over. And, and specifically, I, I try and remind myself, and I coach my peers and my my reports to get out of the comparison game get get out of looking at the person next left and right of you and, and thinking that hey why did they get that promotion why are they doing better than i am i'm better than them i'm smarter than them like that's not fair that's not right we yeah. can do that with keeping up with the joneses how is that person sure. able to afford that home or that house how, you know why did that happen there do, do people not know that they're a real jerk like you know if you get out of that habit and let go and redirect and it's been so helpful in my life is instead of being in that rat race and trying to move up the corporate ladder and, and doing that comparison game, if you can just come at peace with where you're at and 
focus on the things you do have control over. Like I have control or I have influence over my reports. Sure. I have influence over the work I do and, and I would try and put that attention into doing the best that I can because I care about the people I'm working with rather than I'm doing the best that I can because I'm trying to get ahead. It becomes so much rewarding and there's none of that pitfall. There's none of that when you don't succeed, you feel like you're a complete failure because your attention is just helping others. If you could turn your attention to service, that, that is a far better, it works far better for me than just saying, I'm just not going to care anymore. It's more like I'm going to care about something else that's in service of something else that is a greater service than the thing I was. Great. And same for exercise. Like like Tom was saying, just slow down. Just, at, you know, rather than focusing on the time or focusing on the reps or focusing on, on the things that you're going for, focus that you're there. Focus that, hey, at least I'm not laying on the couch. At least I'm out exercising. At least I made it to the gym. Today can be a success because I'm here. Hmm. So I, I wanted to add that two cents there. But to get back to your question about pausing and reflecting, in the Agile development framework, uh, at the end of every sprint, you, you go hard for a couple of weeks and then you take a break and you do a retrospective. Yeah. And you reflect and you look at how did the last two weeks go? What didn't go well? What do we need to change and what went really well? And let's celebrate that. Yeah. And you do that every two weeks or every every time you, you reach, you get at this cadence. You can do it after a week, you can do it after four weeks, but we do it for two weeks and you reflect and you reset and you're like, okay, let's learn from what happened. Let's try again. And you keep doing that. And then on top of that, we try and do a quarterly. So every three months, we'll do a quarterly reflect and reset. So we look, did we achieve our what did the last three months look like? Did we achieve our goals? What do we need to change? It gives everyone on the team a voice, which is how it helps morale because they influence like, hey, this didn't go so well for me because of X, Y, and Z. Like, well, as a manager, I'm like, well, we can change it. Let's change it. All right, team, let, let's try something different. And, and then they feel heard. They feel re-enthused, you know, happy to be there, feel like they're supported and they want to be there. So it's extremely helpful and it keeps the morale it keeps the momentum going that's very good you remind me it's like in the um, problem solving world where you're looking at root cause analysis as well there's a 8d framework made famous by ford and, and other manufacturers and the eighth discipline after you've gone through all the root cause analysis etc is celebrate your successes which is often not done in a traditional root cause analysis or problem solving framework people don't stop to pause and celebrate and recognize the the stuff that's actually gone well and it's such an interesting reminder uh, you also uh, seem to be saying if i hear you right uh, the stop is an important thing to differentiate the pause and the stop it's like giving a child a choice if you want to stop them doing something you give them something better if I don't want them to hold on to the polystyrene box in front of them, I give them a piece of chicken and they let go of the polystyrene very quickly to embrace the chicken. And I guess there's, there's a lot of that with not necessarily carrot in the stick, but helping people to focus on what's really helpful and redirect them towards something that's great. Uh, I know in the wisdom literature, we hear a lot of people talking about, you know, if you're a thief, 
it's not just a case of don't thieve anymore. <laughs> Look at better ways. No, that's not what we're saying. There would be a sense of uh, rather be generous. Actually take what you've got to give the world and reframe it in that way. Tom, I need to bring you in here. We've been talking too long without you. Tell us what's happening in your head. Well, I think if we, if we take a moment to ask ourselves, why do we need to pause? So there are many, many reasons and uh, they're, they're wonderful uh, procedures that Kyle's put into place with his team and a lot of progressive organizations and people are using to make their, their teams and their companies work better and pull, pull together. And I think when, when we look at our lives, there is the speed and pace of modern life which I think most of us will use the word stress or strain along the way. Quite frequently people say, I'm busy. So when you hear, sorry, I didn't get hold of you, I've been busy. I think we would all agree we hear that quite frequently. Sure. Um, we also hear the word like, yeah, it's been a very stressful time. It's used as often as hello, or how are you these days? So it's, um, not to say that these things aren't uh, real, it's just that the pace of life now and the connectivity and the access to stimulation is a rampant part of our daily life. And we've also added in devices and machines uh, that invoke huge dopamine responses in our body that lead to addictive behavior. So there have been many, many studies. Most of us look at our cell phone many times in an hour uh, for no other reason than to check if there's another WhatsApp message or a Instagram or a Facebook or a something. Sure. Uh, it becomes sure. a habit and it's a very powerful one. There are many people gaming worldwide and gaming for hours on end. Uh, many people who battle to live in reality because gaming takes over. There is a I would almost say a worldwide pandemic of digital devices uh, preventing the old-fashioned children playing and climbing trees. The, the world has shifted quite drastically. And in a way, it's happened in 20 or 30 years. It has been yeah. building up before that, but it's happened in quite a rapid succession. And if you think about it, we had thousands and thousands of years without such things. And then we've had literally 50 to 100 years of total bombardment of technology. And no one in their right mind would say that we have evolved in 100 years to the degree to manage such addictive things. And if you notice and you look around, um, the world has become addicted to many things at the same period. Sugar, drugs, alcohol, um, electronic devices. And so we're not doing terribly well. Medication. Medication is a big one. And the medications that are often uh, um, people tend to lean towards pain medication, anti-anxiety medication, depression. And, uh, you know, when, when we look at it, there are many reasons that we need to say we are not doing too well at adapting to these things. We need a lot of social education. We need a lot of social investment. We need to invest in ourselves. And the way that we can pause can be the start of good things is that a pause encourages to put 
all the things that you've been focusing on in the last hour or two hours or day or month aside. And at that moment, anything is possible. And often the best thing that we can do in that pause is to simply sit quietly and focus on our senses, walking on the grass, feeling the earth on your feet, walking if there's a garden nearby or if you have access to any sort of greenery, uh, sitting quietly and just using your senses, closing your eyes if possible and feeling what it's like to listen, just to listen. There's no spiritual intent, doesn't have to be. There can be, of course, for those who align that way. But if you just sit and listen and you see how long you can simply sit and listen and how that can enhance your capacity to understand when you are actively going out to collect sounds and when you're just a passenger of sound. You can use your eyes to do the same things. You can even sit and just smell. And... Um, those sort of pauses, whether they're five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, no matter how long they are, they certainly just create a space and a habit that says to your body, I know how to stop. I know how to at least slow down. I have a tool to help me do so. And I make the mistake myself of not doing it enough wake up in the morning it's a rush to get up get the kids ready for school my wife takes them off to school i've got now 20 minutes to basically get ready and instead of having my 10 minutes of quiet time sometimes i lean over and say oh i must phone that person and get that done but quite frankly that anxiety to get it done could wait 10 minutes and so it's very important that we don't just see the pause as some uh, nice to have, but I genuinely believe that for people wanting to try and sustain the massive impacts of the modern world, they need and they need to embrace the pause. It's not just a nice to have, it actually becomes part of a healthy and sustainable future for any individual. That's so good, Tom. And uh, I know you're breaking up a little bit there, but uh, we're so grateful that you could take the time to be with us. Yeah, you, you're talking about the need for the pause. It's not a, not a nice to have. And if we go back to the music analogy, a note has no value if it doesn't have the pause. If we're not sure uh, how long it is, you can't say, is it da or is it da? How long is that thing? It's really, really difficult to define in isolation. It needs the pause for you to be able to see it in context. And our lives in context need that as well. So, such profound stuff. And you remind me of creativity as well. The value, I think it was Dr. Richard Wiseman talking about creativity, where he was mentioning how by putting some boundaries in place, saying, I'm going to take two hours to just be creative. I'm just going to set this aside to focus on innovation in this area of my business. It's such a powerful thing that your brain actually knows, okay, cool, I get to do this now. Yeah, you need that contrast. You, you can't see the dark without the light, and you can't see the light without the dark. You need to have that contrast. Something that's been helping me recently, uh, even though you you realize it, you know it, and you have to intentionally take steps to apply it, this came about unintentionally. And our kids usually go to sleep that will put them to bed around about nine o'clock. They're asleep by 9.30. 
and typically we would get back up and watch a show or clean the kitchen or, or do something because hey the kids are asleep it's the first time we have adult conversation my wife and I but for the last week or two we've actually gone to bed at the same time our kids have gone to bed and uh, I, I know Tom you'd be a huge advocate for this is getting the right amount of sleep getting the amount of right amount of rest the benefits are probably beyond an hour's discussion and far beyond I even understand or know but sleep is so important if you could get in the habit of maybe turning off your devices turning off that stimulation turning off the media maybe an hour before bed than what you normally do because I know a lot of people some people even fall asleep to the TV they fall asleep to watching a Netflix show or what it or whatnot if you could just do that and disconnect sure and allow your body, like Tom was saying, maybe just lay there, even if it's 30 minutes before you normally go to bed. And you, you can lay there in the dark and just concentrate on your breathing or, or something, just, just taking stock of the day, but not playing a game or, or checking social media up until the minute you're exhausted and you, you fade away to sleep. If you can just start doing that and allow your mind to escape without that stimulation, for 30 minutes yeah. and then let yourself fall asleep naturally. I challenge you. I, I think you're going to see such a difference. I have seen a difference in my uh, energy levels um, the next day. And it's not just because I'm getting more sleep. It's because I, I'm taking a mental break just before I go to bed. So if I hear you right, it's not just the quantity of sleep. It's also the quality of your sleep that uh, you, you're getting more out of the sleep, so to speak. And uh, I've, I've certainly found as well that, that more REM sleep, more creative sleep, refreshing your brain as much as it's refreshing your body. Incredibly powerful, yeah. I, I was also thinking uh, how we take this pause into moments where it's a very emotional situation. And if we've got a lot of rest and we're in a good place, ourselves in terms of where we are in our lives I think it helps us so much to be able to take the pause because we're not in as much of a defensive place and I often think with uh, road rage and a lot of those incidences uh, if people can dial it back and I know we've spoken about this a bit before but dialing it back in the the, the moment if you could just pause to reframe the situation pause to remind yourself what's important to you Pause at least to say, uh, let me not do something dumb in this situation. Uh, it just helps us if we're in a better place generally, then that situation is less likely to overload us. Whereas I think many people are on the edge to such an extent that all it takes is a little thing to sometimes take us over and to say, right, that's it. Now I get out of my vehicle. And that's not where, where we want to be at that breaking point. Tom. Yes. You, you had that look of like, <laughs> I, I need to come in here. <laughs> yeah, you guys are raising so many great points. Uh, it's a good discussion. Uh, it's a very, very valuable thing we're discussing here because it can be a bit annoying to people, I think, in the sense that uh, when you're busy and you've got your habits, uh, you don't, you know, just sit and pause. It seems like some strange 
I don't know, can seem like a strange thing to add into a daily life. But um, almost esoteric. Yeah, some esoteric thing. Uh, but I, I, I think what I've realized this morning, I was wanting some perspective. And I wouldn't let myself, I'm fortunate enough to work in a business that I run my own hours, I'm my own boss in a way. And uh, no, I probably work a lot harder than a normal boss would want me to work. But the reality is I can also decide if I want to come to work half an hour later. And today I could not get myself to drive to work until I'd sat down with a piece of paper and and uh, well, this time I used my computer and an Excel sheet, but basically until I got some of my thoughts down about where I was at. And it was funny, I hadn't got even five minutes in and I was like, and I saw what I'd written and I said, ah, that's all the perspective I needed. Closed my computer, packed my bag, got in my car and headed off to work with a sense of purpose. And so what seemed like I needed one hour of deep reflection about the meaning of life turned into literally about five minutes, about seven or eight lines of writing. Wow. And um, it, yeah, it's, I'm not advocating that that solves all problems, but I am saying that the act of pausing, the act of making a decision to reflect, to check whether you are aligned mm. or where you are at or to verbalize something, like one or two of the things I verbalized this morning were the power it was that I took the act to slow down and put on paper what was giving me angst or what wasn't settled or wasn't perfect. And just by seeing it on a page, I was like, okay, I'm actually all right. And I can't even remember what it was. That's how insignificant it is right now. But this morning before I could get to work, it was everything. I wouldn't even get in my car and I'm responsible for two businesses. Yeah, and so that, that's how important a pause can be. Um, it can be that thing that gives you comfort that I'm okay. Because we are vulnerable being human, not just to the things that we talk about like technology or the things they put in our foods, but we're vulnerable by, by design. We're vulnerable by the fact that we're here one moment and we're gone the next. Um, we're vulnerable by so many different levels and reasons and uh and sometimes to acknowledge that vulnerability and to be okay with it and uh that guy uh, who wrote the subtle art of uh, not giving a beep yep effectively you know he'll have his own version of it but to some degree it is that capacity to accept i am vulnerable and this is what's going on. And I see it on a page. I'm like, oh, okay. Not actually so bad. I, I think I'll be all right. I'll go to work now. <laughs> it's, it's, sort of, it's sort of quite weird, but it's kind of how we work as humans. Uh, we, and so that's, I often say, I mean, today I counseled one of my, my staff and I said to him, you've worked for me for a long time now. And uh, I think that you and I could agree that whilst we work colleagues, we are friends. And we're not the type of people to go and have uh, barbecues or South African brides at each other's homes, but we're friends. There's enough in common. We like each other. And um, I said, I'm so going to speak to you as, a, as your boss, but also as your friend, that I'm concerned about you. And I ran through a whole, a whole bunch, of, a bunch of things. And wow. I said, I think it's time that you, that you get that counseling support that you need. And I sat there in the moment thinking, 
why is counseling so effective? What is it about a process that is so effective? And often it's the pause to go and share, to go and share what's going on, to get perspective and to hear back and be mirrored. And so when you pause and you listen to your senses or you pause on that run, but not running as fast as you can, but just slightly slower, or just being grateful that you are there, as Kyle said earlier, that you got to the gym or that you're in the right place. When you do those things, good things happen. That's great, Tom. It reminds me of something an agile coach once told me. He introduced this term, uh, soft pedaling. And I said, what, what do you mean by soft pedaling? Yeah, it's something you said that they've used in, it's a term they use in drag racing. And then it made a whole lot more sense when you described it. It was uh, letting your foot off of the gas, off, the, off of the accelerator for just a second so those wheels stop spinning and they regain, regain traction and allows you to get traction and go faster again. Sometimes we spin our wheels so much, it doesn't, it doesn't take but a second to let your foot off of the gas. It doesn't take but five minutes for you to write down those, those items that were giving you stress or angst. It really doesn't take much just to let off of the gas, yeah. reevaluate, and then put your foot back on it. You'll get that traction again, you'll keep going. Uh, so if you like analogies, I like that one. Same as speeding up into a corner. You can't change directions by speeding up. you got to slow down as you enter that bend. You can speed up coming out of it. But if you keep going at the, at the, at the rate you're going, nothing's going to change and you're going to crash. Sure. An- another quick, quick point I wanted to add is if you're in a relationship and you have a significant other, so much of your lives are intertwined. And, and this is a lesson that I keep having to tell myself because my wife stays home with the kids. So she doesn't go to work. She doesn't interact a lot with adults. She's interacts a lot with a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And it didn't click for me until one day she told me, you know, I don't get a weekend. I go, well, what do you mean? Everyone has a weekend because the weekend is Saturday and Sunday. And then I thought about it, you know, she doesn't get to clock out on a Friday afternoon. Her Monday looks the same as her Saturday. So to in order, as we need those breaks so much as equal or more do our spouses who are at home and don't see that inflection in their lives. And I need to make sure that I am there to give her that break as well. Very good. Just something for you, you all who have families and spouses, take a, a moment to look at it from their lens and see if they're also getting that pause in their lives. That's so good, Kyle. I mean, uh, I think even just on cooking, <laughs> um, uh, in, in South Africa, I grew up in a, uh, an environment in which cooking was something that was not what I was encouraged to do. Let me just say that. And to reinvent that and to find ways to make a difference and to be a partner in that way and to see my kids actually taking that up and, and, and cooking and getting involved and helping out um, with my wife working full time again now as well, it just is a very different sort of diary. And it's just brought everybody together where we're all helping out and all making the meals and it's not one person's uh, prerogative. And it's so, so encouraging, like you're saying, if we just put ourselves in the other's perspective, what would be a rest for them? 
And uh, Tom, what you were saying in terms of listening, the power of listening is we, we can't listen without pausing. We actually need to stop what's going on uh, in our heads and, and the conversation and stop to listen. There's so much depth there. Even the, the difference of uh, a lot of the paradoxes, I think is what I'm trying to say, like truth and love. You've got to, if you care about someone, you confront them and say, hey, there's some spinach in your teeth. You don't leave them with it in their teeth if they've got an issue. You actually do confront and it's both and. And I think the pause is often in the and. It's in between those where you need to do both and sometimes prepare and plan so that it comes across with the right tone at the right moment as well and is helpful to them. So yeah, incredible depth there and so grateful for that thought. So gents, I think think, we're coming uh, to the end, yeah. Sorry, Tom. Do you mind if I just add one thing? I was just thinking. Please do. um, You know, one of the the greatest, there there are many uh, advantages of pausing. But if there there are two things come to mind, and one is uh, about uh, breaking our habits and uh, allowing new to come into our lives. And sometimes it follows that that, uh, wave of thought which says that by creating new patterns in what we do, we create neuroplasticity, which allows us to stay more youthful into older age, potentially prevent Alzheimer's. And it's very young research, very but it's it's an active um, uh, research at the moment in certain areas. And what they say is, for example, if you brush your teeth always with your right hand, you should try and brush it every now and then with your left hand. Or if you hold your phone, I mean, I tend to hold my phone to my left ear for some reason, maybe because it talks to my right brain, um, or but to try and do it the other way. And it feels terribly weird, I have to say. And so... If we want new behavior and we ask new results from our life, then the capacity to pause and take a look and break a habit or try something in a different way. So if you put your right arm into your shirt first, then today try and put your left arm in and see how it feels, create a new a new way of doing it to keep things fresh. And so I think one element of pausing that's key uh, to get different results as well. Um, it is to view it in that way. And if I line it into sport, which is big for me, you'll often find that if a tennis player, one of the professional tennis players, if it's a key moment, different players do it differently. If it's a key moment, some of them will bounce the ball once before they serve and go straight into it. And others will take an extra bounce or two. And that is what you call a pause. It's nothing else but a pause where they just allow their whole body to align, have an extra moment to take that breath in, Make sure that their rhythm and their kinetic chain is activated at the right time in the right way. So there's just another example of the power of using pauses to enhance performance. Significant, significant stuff there. Well, gents, I know the time is going to catch us. And I know in South Africa, we have load shedding coming up soon. The beautiful thing, otherwise known as rolling blackouts. And so we're going to end this here. But also just to you as listeners to say, based on tonight's conversation that I think we do need to enact, uh, is that there's a form of executive retreats that we've been chatting about for a while that we're getting on the road. They're called interludes. And uh, we're looking forward to offering that in the new year as well. 
and uh, it's something that's a, a fresh take on the concept that I think many are going to enjoy and it's an opportunity to pause and reframe and also be exposed to a unique experience that will take you out of your current thinking and challenge you to fresh, fresh ways of thinking like Tom's saying. And so we look forward to exploring that as we take it forward as focused people. But uh, certainly, uh, Tom, Kyle, as always, a real privilege. So grateful that you've taken the time out of your day. May you have a good pause tonight and tomorrow. I know uh, there's still a lot of today left for you, Kyle. But uh, thank you for your time, gents. I so appreciate the time I get to sit back, pause, and have a good, deep discussion and, and reflect with you guys, you gents. And uh, I, I hope everyone else feels that benefit as well. Absolutely. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Tom. So pause to stay focused, people. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.